Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the latest and one of the most unusual Serie A Forza Italian football podcasts we've done this year. Um, it's just a two-man show, unfortunately. Nick was in Iceland and is currently flying or just landed again. We don't really know, but he couldn't make it. So it's just myself, Connor Clancy and Luca Gumby. Luca, um, how's everything? Uh yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, I got I got the feeling that we've we're like a team who's been left in the lurch by an early red card, but it's time to put a brave face on and try and really play out of our skins on this pod. Yeah, well, if anyone that's watching on the I don't know, live on com or on our YouTube channel, you you might see in the description we're supposed to have a stand in super sub, but um internet problems and that have let us down unfortunately. So this week, as you might be able to tell, it's going to be a bit of an international football special. So I'll just pause while those of you who don't care switch off. But we're going to start things off by keeping it club football because there was a Champions League draw since we last spoke. And there's a couple of good ones in there, Luca, isn't there? I'm just looking now. Um, Juventus have been handed a rematch of the was the 2015 final when they faced Barcelona? Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, so what do you make of their chances? Um, I, I still think that they're, they've, they've got good chances. Like, I think last week I, I tipped, tipped them to possibly go and want to win it. I feel like, obviously, they're probably not the bookmakers' favourites or anything, but just as a personal point of view, I don't see why they can't go and win it. And a team like Barcelona, that sort of strong position but one that's kind of obviously come into the the end of its cycle with the manager leaving 
is the kind of sort of opposition that Juve will be up for and they'll be ready to play. And I, I don't see why they can't, can't beat them. Obviously, Barca had their difficulties against PSG and only just start through, so they might have spend a lot of energy there, but I don't see why uh, why they can't get that job done. It'll be a tough ask, but I think that's the kind of thing that they like and will be up for. Yeah, um, see, I'm quite optimistic for Juve as well because I know their Barca, that is, their Barca's comeback in the second leg against PSG was out of this world. We even spoke about it a little bit on the podcast, but they showed in the first like the fact that they had to come back from a 4-0 deficit shows that they're they are vulnerable. They're not this unstoppable team. And let's Juventus I, I'm sorry if I jinx everything now, but Juve aren't gonna concede four goals um against Barca, you know? So I think Juventus have a really good chance. And if there's anyone that can just shut Barca out without touching on false Italian stereotypes. It's going to be Juventus. That back three, if they play a back three, that is um, Buffon behind them. Is, I mean, not many players in the world can get past that. Granted, that Barca front three isn't half bad. But um, no, I think I am quietly optimistic for Juventus' chances. Um, you said last week you think they could go on and win. I wouldn't be too quick to disagree with you there. I'd say Juve probably have a great chance. And yeah, because it's kind of their, their sort of identity as well, isn't it? They're, they're sort of like, obviously, they're the preeminent team in Italy and they win the league every year almost by default. But in Europe, they've not really got to that standard, but they do sort of revel in doing it the hard way. They have that whole kind of like Fino alla fine thing. Even in the league when they were away at Sampdoria, they, it was quite difficult work, but they got the job done. And I think in sort of Barcelona, that kind of level of opponent could sort of really push them on to really like hit the top level in a way that perhaps they don't when it's a bit easier for them. I'm actually just looking at the odds now. Um, and the only teams left in the competition that are have less favourable odds than Juve um, are Monaco and Leicester. So apparently a lot of people think Dortmund, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich and Barca have a better chance of winning the Champions League. So placing a little bet on Juve might not be the worst decision you could make. But yeah, we saw like that identity, the Fino Alafine, it was quite prominent in the 2015 run to the final. We saw exactly what they can do. And that Real Madrid tie over the two legs was, they were brilliant. They were quite unlucky last year against Bayern. Yeah, well, they were lucky in the final, unlucky as well. When they lost to Barcelona, they could they played very well and it could have gone differently. And then, like, as you mentioned, Real Madrid, they wouldn't have been tipped for that. And it's a sort of, similar tie against the other Spanish giants. So I suppose they can look back for, for that inspiration and really try and um, get it done this time around. I suppose maybe there's a belief that Allegri's time might be running out. So there'll be a kind of extra motivation there to send him off with, with like the top honour. So yeah, I think the team's good enough. The, the whole context around it's sort of going to push them to do better than Perhaps they would if they had a lesser opponent where they could perhaps risk complacency as like as Buffon said he didn't want Leicester. But perhaps Barca is kind of the, the opposite and it will perhaps uh, avoid all the, the things he was getting worried about with the Foxes. Yeah, now he's got some some real concerns, I think, facing that Barca from three. But there's a weird symmetry here with um, Juventus and Barcelona, I think, because 
they were both going for the treble when they faced each other in 2015. Um, it was both managers' first seasons at the club. Now it's both managers' third seasons. They're both, Allegri's probably going to leave in the summer. Um, Luis Enrique said he will leave. So they're both coming to the end of that cycle. So it's kind of interesting how they've met at the beginning and end. So um, it's hard to cheer for Juve a lot of the time, but hopefully it would be great to see an Italian team actually dominate Europe again, I'm sure. Anyone can agree. Um, Dean Darko has got in touch on YouTube to say Forza Milan from Belfast in Ireland. So good on you. <laughs> we'll move on to the international football, which is why we're here. Um, Italy are obviously playing Albania on Friday. I forgot what day it is today. Yeah, Friday night. Uh, they're playing Albania on Friday night in the Renzo Barbera in Palermo. And then they've got the Netherlands in a friendly on Monday, I think. But, yeah, I just wanted to run through the squad um, just to get your thoughts on it because Vito Doria has already written on this and it's up on the website at the moment. Um, what kind of Since Ventura's come in, there's been a lot of writing and a lot of talk about the squads he's selected. Um, I've written about it in the past. Vito is always keen to write about Ventura's squads. But this time... There's, we're kind of noticing what we expect Adventure would do and that there's a lot of youth. There's a few experienced heads in there as well, but I think there's more youth in this squad than in any of his others. So I'm just going to... The goalkeepers are obviously Buffon, Donnarumma and Alex Merritt of Spal. Uh, defenders, Astori, Barzali, Manucci, Darmian, D'Ambrosio, Dicilio, Romagnoli, Rugani, Spinazzola and Davide Zappacosta. And then midfield, De Rossi, Gagliardini, Parolo, Verratti. Wingers, a different section as the Italians like to do, is Candreva, Insigne, Sansone. And then up top, we've got Bellotti, Adair, Petania, and Ciro Immobile. Um, Luca, did you know Adair's full name? <laughs> Just it in Martins. Yeah. I suppose he's Brazilian, isn't he? So that yeah. makes a bit more sense. But yeah, what... What are your thoughts on the squad? Because I'm kind of happy that, as we said, there's a fair bit of youth in it this time. Obviously, it's great to see, from my point of view, Spinazzola and Patania in there, even Gagliardini and um, Zappacosta from Torino. It's, having seen them come through at Atalanta, it's nice to see them putting a stamp on the um, the international side. But what, do you, what are you thinking about Ventura's selections overall? Yeah, personally, I'm, I'm impressed with it as a squad. He, he did keep saying that he was going to bring, bring in youth and perhaps you thought it might take him a while. He might not actually do it. He might sort of be a bit of an empty promise. But then he has he has done it because we came from this Euros when Conte picked this squad, which everyone thought was old and completely finished. And he got the absolute most out of them. But then that was probably the very limit of what they could do. But yeah, I think Ventura's made a, a lot of sensible decisions with his squad. He's had these training camps beforehand as well to give these players a bit of a sort of chance to, to go to Covachano, to go to the training centre and work out what it's like and what he needs from them. And then I think that should hopefully help them as well now that they're in the senior team with the senior teammates who are used to being there. 
And yeah, I think it is a very interesting squad and it bodes well for the future. I think there, there is a lot of talent there and then perhaps even with players who aren't quite as old who have, have gotten their sort of Gabbiadini and himself a place back when he was at Saints. So, I mean, obviously he's had to drop out now after he picked up an injury, but it was the same thing for um, Verdi as well, like what he's been doing at Bologna. So I think he, he's sort of picking players on form and like it, it doesn't seem that he's just too worried about reputation I think uh, yeah I think it's a good squad I've, I've seen sort of some mixed reactions to it but personally I think it looks very good and encouraging moving forward yeah I don't want this to just turn into us agreeing with each other <laughs> all night but um, no Bernadeschi dropped out as well right and yeah Gabbiadini as you mentioned so um, yeah I suppose if you're looking at the strikers who are going to drop out going forward I think Adair is the obvious one because Bellotti and Immobile they work really well together and they're the two informed Italian strikers at the moment. And then Patania is only young, so you'd imagine he'll be featuring a lot more. Um, and he brings so much more than scoring goals, as we've seen with Atalanta this season, his link-up play and his willingness to work for the team, cliche as it sounds, is second to pretty much nobody. Um yeah, they're all, they're all sort of different types of strikers, aren't they, as well? Sort of Patania's obviously a lot bigger. Whereas like Velotti is like well, like just the best, but Immobile you can sort of play balls in through to him. It's sort of interesting in that regard that they're all they're all sort of quite varied. I suppose that's why Adair always gets a look in as well. Yeah, um, and with with Gabbiadini finding form in England, hopefully he can continue that and stake a real claim for a place in that squad. And then I don't know what Simone Zaza is up to at the moment, but he hit a bit of form for a bit. I uh, don't spawn follow Spanish football that closely but if he can refine his Sassuolo form hopefully he can really fight for a place back in the side as well um, I'm looking at the midfield and with the exception of one it's it's quite exciting They've uh, there's only four real midfielders named in Daniela De Rossi Roberto Gagliardini Marco Parola and Marco Verratti but um, De Rossi Gagliardini and Verratti would be Quite a nice midfield trio, wouldn't it, going forward? Um, De Rossi, obviously, the one who will is more likely to drop out soon because of his age. Um, but it kind of links to a question we got on Twitter. Uh, just let me find it. It is from Robert Cottingham, who, a lovely surname. Um, he wants to know who is the long-term future partner for Marco Verratti in Italy's midfield. I am... Um, I said this on Twitter earlier. It's kind of a shame that Nick isn't here because I'm sure he'd agree with me in saying Gagliardini because the man is a serious talent and he seems to be getting better every time he plays. He can do everything. He's box to box. He just needs to add more goals to his game, but he scored two in his last three, so it looks like he's making a real effort to do that. His finish against Cagliari was a long-range strike and then the goal that he unfortunately scored against Atalanta was a bit different it was he found himself in the box and he unusually for him kept his head and just smashed it into the top corner so for me it's Gagliardini I, what are yeah, your thoughts I, I, I knew you were going to say Gagliardini <laughs> so I didn't really yeah, feel I would jump in and uh, still be fun but I suppose that perhaps even looking further down or someone who's not even around the squads and is a completely kind of different option. Is someone that we were praising uh, for Napoli in the Champions League, which is Diawara, because he'd also be eligible to play for Italy if they decided to call him up. And he could be another, so he's 19 at the moment. He's got a lot of 
room to grow. He's doing well at Napoli when he's given a chance. So, yeah, I think Italy in midfield as well. They're, they're certainly stocked. I think like obviously it's who partners Verratti because he's probably out and out the best player in that team at the moment. But yeah, even like the under 21s, they have lots of players coming through at the moment. It does seem to be a good generation for Italian players. They don't necessarily have the kind of big name stars or anything, but they've got a lot of a lot of good players. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Diawara, I could be completely wrong, but I vaguely remember him saying recently that he, he would be happy to play for Italy as well, which would be great because we have sung his praises on this podcast and he's obviously a talented player. I'm looking for a news article at the moment. Sorry, I can't find it, but um, Marco Verratti's agent, I don't know who it is. Um, that's what I was looking for, but He's come out, I think it was today, and said that basically Verratti's been at Paris for five years now and um, he's won the French League, but if he wants to be a real champion, he's going to have to move. So we've discussed this again. Like, Is Juventus the obvious destination for him? And if he goes there, he's obviously going to be competing not only in Italy, but in Europe as well. So surely that's good for not only Verratti, but Italy as well, right? Yeah, certainly. I think he, at the moment, you would assume that Verratti is going to be the kind of top transfer target for everyone at the moment going into the summer. But um, unless the, the Spanish teams are really keen on him in Madrid and Barcelona, you would expect Juve to be the the real favourite, I suppose. If Inter, Inter's new ownership is really ambitious, they could possibly try and sign him as a you know a signal of intent but without that Champions League football I don't really see that happening and again it seems that it will be Juventus who are really the team who can sort of stockpile the top Italian players and continue to provide that call for the national team which I suppose from the international perspective will, will be positive if it keeps that kind of sense of unity and togetherness at the, at the, uh, for the Azzurri as well. I'm just distracted. I got a message from um, our very own Vito Doria while you were speaking there. Um, I messaged him in a panic before the podcast started and he just got back to me. God knows what time it is over where he is, but what a champion got back to me. And, and Get him on. Get him on. <laughs> no, he's in work, unfortunately. But where was it going? Yeah, just while we were speaking there, another player came to mind who, who was really impressive in Serie A last season. And it's been a bit quieter for him this year, but I think he's still having quite a good time with Torino. It's um, Daniela Baselli, who obviously came through at Atalanta as well. But you see Zappa Costa, who moved, made the same move at the same time to Torino in the squad. I think Baselli probably isn't too far away. Again, he's a different type of striker or midfielder. Sorry, he's he's more someone who will pull the strings for you and try and pick out a chance and get on the end of a chance if possible. But yeah. Torino also have Benassi as well, who could be a, a similar option. I think obviously Ventura, the ex-Torino boss there, there's sort of good relationships there with these players and the clubs. And like Benassi's in the under-21 squad at the moment. He could be an one to make a, make a step up. There's a lot of options. I guess also even Jorginho, who was sort of the big, the big thing last year, who's not been around as much this year, he could could still make a step on and get back in that that kind of uh, situation where he's around the team. Yeah, I suppose that's the um, that is the really tricky thing that Ventura has to handle is 
there's a lot of talented midfielders and and defenders and strikers around Italy at the moment. Fortunately, a lot, a lot of young talent, but he's got to get that balance right because I don't think he can just throw all of the youngsters in to an international game, especially in this group because they're trying to go head to head with Spain and even Israel aren't too far behind at the moment, but they can't really afford to take too many risks. So the likes of Parolo and De Rossi being there to kind of hold the young guys' hands through this makes a lot of sense. Um, we've got some interaction on Twitter. A lot of people are saying, well, a couple of people are saying Gallardini as well. So I'm, I'm right, Luca. Um, but yeah, so we'll move on to the Albania game. Uh, Italy are currently second. They're joint top on points, but Spain have a significantly better goal difference of plus 14, Italy's is plus 7, both on 10 points, Israel in third on 9, then Albania, Friday's opponents are fourth on 6 points. Um, This should be 3 points for the Azzurri, right? Uh, it should be, but you do have to certainly respect Albania. They, they were at the Euros and they gave a relatively good account of themselves there as being a team who's not normally on that stage. They've got an Italian manager in DiBiase, so he, he should sort of be able to set a team up to play against Italy. And yeah, I suppose it's just kind of the the dangerous that Italy get complacent. If they avoid that, they should, they should be okay. But, you know, it's not going to be a game where they're going to just turn up and batter Albania if, mm. if that's what they, they expect. It will be d- difficult for them and like, uh, they've got a few players as well with Albania around in uh, Serie A, Kosha at Lazio and as a Hussai's Albanian. So they're a great sort of... goalkeeper as well. Yeah, yeah, so it will be quite tough and you, uh, I think there might be a quite uh, a large Albanian contingent at the stadium as well with the uh, Albanian diaspora in Italy when they played at the Marassi. It's basically all the uh, Albanians fans. But yeah, you would... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Expected to win, but sometimes that's when you can't really trust them. They're not always as good when they're the favorites. And Albania just, yeah, can't be underestimated. Yeah, that's kind of the historical problem with Italy, isn't it? They if they have to play a big team, no problem, they'll show up and probably win. But it's when they're playing these smaller teams that they tend to switch off. And um, I was actually out at the Euros this summer and I'd say my highlight of the whole tournament, other than the Ireland game where Ireland beat Italy, um, was probably myself and my friend Simon uh, went with Dov and Podrick actually and drove from Paris up to Lons to watch Albania against Switzerland and we got tickets in with the Albanian fans and they were insane they were incredible they never shut up for the whole game and um, me and my mate Simon we stood out like a sort that we were both just there in our own clothes and whatever and everyone else was wearing red just everybody so we got chatting to these Albanian fans beside us in I'd say they had about 20 words of English between them and obviously we don't speak their language so um we got chatting anyway and then they asked us for a photo uh i think my mate side was wearing a an ireland jersey or something so that we got a photo with them anyway and then he turned to me and he was like oh this is for you and I, it was just like a little lighter i wish i had it now um but it's up in my room it's like a little red lighter with the albanian flag on it and then they made us post for a photo to do that because it's like the shape of the whatever yeah, yeah on the albanian flag but I think since then, Albania kind of have a, they're very much my second favorite team. You know, when I'm looking for results, I'll check on them. So, great yeah. Irish being the, the darlings of the major tournament, everyone's favorite, <laughs> everyone's fans, favorite fans. Yeah, um, me and my mate, we weren't exactly big fans of that, but yeah, <laughs> it seems to work wherever we went. We made friends with a few Romanians as well at one point. Um, but yeah, they've got that chance, they just shan't. She pui, she pui. That's amazing. Dobbs after just sending me a message with the chant. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like you said, they're a tough team to break down as well. And I kind of joked, but Etrit Berisha is actually a really good goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be easy. And their supporters tend to travel quite well and they're intimidating, even if they're not at home. So it's not going to be easy for Italy. And hopefully, they Ventura will have them like well-drilled and he'll make sure they don't switch off. Um, then after that, it's the Netherlands in Amsterdam on Monday. Um, that I don't really know what to be expecting from that. Is it just going to be an opportunity to give the kids a run out? I don't really know. Yeah, you, you would expect so. I think, I think Ventura has also talked a bit about playing with different formations in games and switching between mm-hmm. like against Liechtenstein, obviously. Lichtenstein on the most forbidden moment, but he played 4-2-4, so 
wouldn't be surprised if he kind of did that again. Like with, with all these wingers he's got, he might just try and, you know, he might just try and really get at the Netherlands who aren't really the best Dutch side that we've seen at the moment. So, yeah, you would expect that one to be quite an experimental game, whereas the Albanian one's probably going to be quite tough and nutritional, whereas the Netherlands, you kind of could see Italy going for it and trying to get the most out of the, all these kind of young players and give them a chance to develop. Yeah, um, I think Vito might have made this point earlier in the... I think that game in Amsterdam might actually be Tuesday. I think I said Monday. Apologies about that. But Vito made this point earlier when he wrote an article. The fact that it's kind of selected goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, wingers, forwards, that does suggest that the 4-2-4. Yeah, because usually it's it's not wingers. It's not a separate section Mm. in, in the squad that is particular to this squad. So you do kind of assume that they're going to place this kind of great emphasis on these wide players doing a much more kind of individual role to perhaps what they've done in the past. Like you won't have these kind of fallbacks bombing up and down like the line, like perhaps you did at the Euros. It will be, it will be different in that regard. Yeah. I think because the wingers mentioned are Kandreva and Sinians and Sony, they're all attacking players. Like if it was going to be more of a wing back role, I suppose the likes of Darmian and, De Chilio maybe would have been included in that list, even Zappacosta, but and Spinazzola as well, obviously, who plays there for Atalanta. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That I'm quite intrigued by that game. I'm not usually that pushed on friendlies because obviously it's important for them to be played so the manager has time with the players and stuff like that. But I don't know, they're not usually the easiest to watch, but this one might actually be worth tuning in for because... Like we say, it's it'll be interesting to see what Ventura does. Um, I suppose we'll move on to the under twenty ones now. I think they're playing. They've got two games. Um, yeah, they're playing Poland in Krakow, and then they're heading back to Italy to play uh, Spain in quite a glamorous game. They've got it the Stadio Olimpico, which is something a bit different. Oh, wow. so. But they've not exactly had the best preparation, have they? A lot of the the obvious under twenty one players might even be in the. The full, yeah. They like Patania was probably going to be their their key striker, and then with Gabbadini dropping out, he had to to move up to the senior team. But I suppose that shows that the under twenty one is side is doing its job in being a, a platform for the senior side. So it's kind of one of those situations where they they lose their best players because they're doing well in promoting this this youth. But even even when you look at the under twenty one side, it's is quite promising. You see. A lot of players who are playing regularly, even in the top flight, I mentioned, uh, who did I mention earlier? Uh, Benassi from Torino and Orcataldi, he's there. These are players playing regularly in Serie A, Valerio Verre, uh, Beirad, he's in the, that team, Kevin Bonifazzi as well, who's been doing really well at Spal. And yeah, it seems Italy do have a lot of interesting young, play, young players at the moment, which hasn't always been the case, even. In the Azzarini, the two two goalkeepers are quite big names in uh, Golini, who's now at Atalanta after mm. his time at Villa, and Scuffet, who will get a run in the team now. I think Udinese with, uh, what's it, how, how do you say it? Jerez, isn't it? The Greek one. The Greek goalkeeper's out injured. So. <laughs> um, I'm looking at this squad now, and I know they've they've lost. Caldara dropped out through injury, um, and Sassuolo's Luca Mazzatelli, but other than that, 
it's still quite strong. Mandragora has been called up to replace Mazzatelli, but we've still got players. You mentioned the goalkeepers. Um, there's like Antonio Barreca, Davide Calabria, uh, Massina, Benassi, as you said, Grassi, Locatelli, Mandragora, Pellegrini. Then up front, you've got Berardi, Federico Chiesa, Di Francesco. Um, it's, there's good talent there. So you would expect things to go quite well for them. Um, hopefully it does because it's always good to see the youth sides doing well, especially with half an eye on the future as well. Um, I suppose we'll talk about that for a bit because there is a lot of young talent in the first team, but as we've said there, there's plenty more in the under-21s and even those missing out are still quite impressive as well at the moment. It's a good time for the Italian national side really, isn't it? They've it's going to be a good few years ahead, right? Yeah, you should think so. I think they are kind of moving away from the kind of like traditional distrust of young players and they're really pushing it and they're trying to give it a go. They, I think they've looked at some of the stuff that Germany did after it kind of rejuvenated its whole system. They've built all these local training centres to sort of get players developing and playing in a certain way and... Yeah, I think it, it does look quite promising for Italy, even down some of the like, younger teams, even the under-17s. You've got uh, Moise Aquino, Juventus, who's played in the Champions League already, and he's, what, 16, 17? He's featured in Serie A a few times. Like These players are starting to get chances with their clubs as well. And There's uh, under-21 Euros on this year in the summer, which so the under-21s have something to, to aim for and something to really focus on. It'll be interesting to see how they do do their Italy the record champions in that that competition and I think they, they do take it very seriously. They think they can do well and especially with Ventura giving all these players a chance in the senior team, perhaps some of them might drop down for that competition as well to really boost the team, give it the strongest squad possible. It does seem quite bright in the future at the moment for Italy. Yeah, the European Championship is obviously something for them to aim towards as a team, but Again, because Ventura is giving so many young players a chance on a personal level, you've got to be thinking as an Italy under-21 player, if you impress, you've got a really good shot at getting called up to the first team. So there's a lot of excitement going on at the moment. And if we just look at the future, like we could see in a few years a back three of Caldara, Romagnoli and Rugani in front of Gigi Donnarumma you know so yeah. that's impressive and then Verratti and Gagliardini or someone else in front of them so yeah and even even in um, Ventura calling up uh, Meret picking yeah. a player from Serie B it shows a kind of willingness not to to be afraid and just pick the, the, the big names the top clubs he's really seeming to be going around and doing this on merit. <laughs> I didn't realise that's actually an accident. I was there. That was quite good, actually. I wish you had planned that because I would have taken it off you and said it first. Yeah. But, um, yeah, even when he's not afraid of upsetting the clubs, even when he probably should, because Spal aren't too happy about Moret being called up, are they? Uh, no, they've got a top of the title clash against uh, Frosinone at the weekend, and uh, Serie B has no international break. So, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit worrying for the the boys from Ferraro with the the runner form they're on as the the top team. So, the the backup goalkeeper must have a fair amount of pressure on him coming yeah, in. Yeah, let's let's just hope he doesn't drop an absolute clanger and they lose because of it. Because 
Oh, it'd be so disappointing because they are still top um, as he waits for the table to load, but they are only two points ahead of Frozenone, so that game is huge. If they can win that, I'm telling you, I'm going to Serie A already and get the party started. Um, I think we've kind of reached the end here. We've done well, I think, as the two of us to make it through half an hour. So, um, Luca, is there anything in particular you want to mention? Are you going to be writing anything for FIF this week? Uh, I think I'll just bide my time, see see how Italy do against Albania and come up with some reactionary opinion based on that. Yeah, so whether or not Italy win or lose, there will be a reactionary feature <laughs> up from Luca Gombi over the weekend. Yeah, I'll um, just completely contradict all the, all the praise if they get a negative <laughs> result. Um, with Albania returning and Dibiase in charge, he's going back to Palermo. So Kev P has written a feature on that. Um, as I said, Vito Doria has written about Giampiero Ventura speeding up the Italy evolution, if you want to call it that, with his latest squad selection. And do you know what? I've written about it a bit before, but I might write something about all of the young talents going on because when I wrote the piece earlier in the season, it wasn't as exciting as it is now, but things look really good at the moment. But yeah, so the usual stuff, tune into our YouTube channel. It's pointless saying this to you watching, but for those of you who listen on iTunes or Acast, head over to YouTube, uh, search for Ports Italian Football, look at FIF TV. There's plenty of good stuff going on. Nick, and Nick, who isn't here tonight, who we will never forgive, and Vieri Capretta are doing some really good stuff. Um, we'll be heading out to the Coppa Italia semi-finals in a couple of weeks as well as Napoli Juve in the league. So we might do a few bits while we're out there. And yeah, just read everything on ForzaTalianFootball.com. Follow us on Twitter at Serie A FFC. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram's been quiet, but we'll sort that out. Search Forza Italian Football. Uh, find me at Concalcio. Luca is at Gumby Zono. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. We we made it, Luca. Round yeah. of applause. I'm quite impressed. We've been going, if I backed it to the notification I got from YouTube, 33 minutes. So we aimed for 25. I think we've done quite well there. Um, I'm just trying to check to make sure we haven't missed out on any listener questions before we wrap things up. I have a feeling we might have. No, I think we're. I think we're all. Oh, there's one. Sorry, um, it came in on YouTube uh, from a Juve fan. How do you see the Allegri to Arsenal scenario? And if he does go, who is going to come in? And right, so we take that first. If he does go, who do you think the obvious replacement for him is? I know Spalletti's been linked quite a bit, but I don't know if I could see that happening. Uh, I don't know about Arsenal because I think the whole Wenger mm. out thing isn't anyway sort of staying. But yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't really see Allegri pushing through for a move if if there's nothing there. I don't see why he would try and force anything. But I don't know. Like to be honest, no, no real names come to my head because I suppose Allegri was seen as such as the strange choice at the time and like quite a widely criticised one that it's quite hard to to really think who the obvious shout would be with Juventus because it wouldn't be beyond them to, to go for something different. You know, 
don't know, last week we were talking about Di Francesco moving up in Serie A. I think Juventus. That'd probably, be a big, big, yeah, big step be, up, though. That'd be a big step up, and I can't see that one happening. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, perhaps if Inter get rid of Pioli to go yeah. for some big glamour name and Juventus like what he did there, that, that could make sense. But otherwise, I don't think there's really an obvious candidate. I don't, know, I don't know what you think. I'll tell you someone who's doing really well in Serie A at the moment, <laughs> overachieving. Um, this this guy is coaching up on Bergamo at the moment. Does Jean Piero Gasparini? He, but uh, he said he's happy in Bergamo and the people love him there, so he'd be stupid to leave. And I agree. So, yeah, insert my previous conclusion here, and we'll call it a day. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll chat to you again next week. Nicholas Carroll will be back. We'll be sure to abuse him. Um, any abuse you have for him, send it in. And yeah, we'll reflect on the two games that Italy have played. So talk to you then. Ciao for now. Bye. Saliamo ancora per il calcio d'angolo. Questa volta lo scambio è nostro. C'è Pirlo libero, potrebbe anche cacciare. Prova a salire Montari, perde un'altra palla in mezzo. La profondità di Iaquinta, cercata sullo scatto di Cuffur. Iaquinta va via, è l'ennesimo Iaquinta. Saltato, Vincenzo!
Secondo palo, pallone arriva! deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.